What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name is John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. We have two cats hanging around today. Nickel's right there in the, in the frame. He's got a little bit of catnip, I gotta confess. He wasn't leaving anyway, but I figured I'd give him a little bit of a treat. So if you see him licking the bedspread, that's why. And Dime, he's just on the other side there, but uh, he's doing Dime things. So, All right, let's do some tech support. Can't fix the issue if the problem is the user. We don't manage users' home networks. User moves to a new office space in their home where Wi-Fi signal is weaker and calls into the help desk because they can't connect to Wi-Fi. The tech explains the issue with poor Wi-Fi signal but still goes far guiding user to reset the NIC and update the drivers. However, they still complain that it sometimes connects and other times it won't, and they mention other devices are able to connect in that area. The tech again tries to explain to the user that there's nothing wrong with the laptop and that it's the signal strength in the area. Ticket gets escalated to me, told the user to move closer to the AP. They did and responded, yes, it connects. I made them disconnect and reconnect a few times. Works flawlessly. I had to move back to the office space. Connection drops. I told them to get an extender or work in the area where the signal is stronger. They then informed me for some apparent reason that their spouse is in IT and their device connects. Extenders cost a hefty sum, roughly $150, and that they don't want to work in another area. Then they asked me for a new laptop stating that the other devices in their home can connect in that area. Issues with the laptop. I told them that there's nothing wrong with the laptop and it's not my decision but their internal IT to decide if they're going to give them a new device or not. I pass it on to internal IT. He also mentioned no guarantee that it'll resolve her issue, but decides to send the laptop anyway. Wait, your wife is in IT, and you can't get your Wi-Fi issues solved at home with the person you live with? <laughs> this is stupid. I mean, if it was disconnecting all the time, even if you were in close range, I would say it was your Wi-Fi card, your, your integrated Wi-Fi, something like that. But obviously, just like in my home, I have an old house. The first floor spreads out a little bit. But really, the biggest problem is the plaster and lath walls. And Well, plaster is dense anyway, so that helps kill signal right off the bat. And then around the archways, the old original archways that we haven't gutted out yet, um, they, they have sort of an art deco-y curved archway at certain openings through the house. There's metal mesh in those, and that really kills signal too. So we got extenders and all kinds of stuff. We have a, we have a mesh network, and it seems to work pretty well. Every so often, my wife will have problems, but you know, it's nothing that usually a restart of the modems and routers and all that stuff doesn't help. I just can't believe this person can't get their issue solved with uh, built-in IT at home. <laughs> well, I guess you're not getting paid. I used to work as help desk for a small company. At the time of this story, we had just switched over to an external payroll service. Almost everyone signed up without issue, with a few glorious exceptions. This was an exchange I had with one of the maintenance guys. Let's call him Dude. Dude calls in. Help desk, this is Evan. Dude says, I need help signing up for my payroll account. I remote into his PC, then direct him to the sign up page. Alright, put in your personal info here. Let me know if you need help with anything. Dude takes forever to type in the info. I get distracted with other work. Dude says, okay, I'm done. Okay, let's try to log in now. What's your username? Uh. Then he says his full name with spaces. Are you sure? They don't allow spaces in the username. Let's try to log in anyway. The login doesn't work. We try multiple variations. Are you sure that's the username you just picked? Dude says, yeah, definitely. I got it written down right here. <laughs> okay, well that's not it. Let's hit forgot username and it'll send you an email with your username. The email doesn't arrive. Are you sure you used your work email to sign up? Dude says, yeah, definitely. 
Okay, let me go check with head of HR and see what's going on. Head of HR logs in with admin rights, gets dude's email and username. Okay, so your username is username, and it looks like you used your big ISP email. That's why we didn't receive the email, so let's log in with that info. We go to the login page and put in the proper username. Alright, type in your security question answer and then your password. Dude takes three tries to get the security question right. It was his daughter's name. Okay, now this is the password you just signed up with. The password for your payroll account. Got it? Dude says, yeah, definitely. I got it written down right here. He tries multiple passwords and none work. At this point, I was frustrated. This is normally a very simple process. I don't know why we allowed users to sign up with personal emails, but that's not my call. Okay, we'll need to reset your payroll account password. Do you know how to get into your big ISP email? Yeah, definitely. I have it written down right here. <laughs> I go to big ISP login page. Okay, now log in. Dude types in his full name with spaces as username. <laughs> and then I say, again, they wouldn't allow spaces in the username. And I know from when I talked to the head of HR that your username is ISP username. So I type in the proper username for him. Okay, now enter your password. He types his password and hits enter. That doesn't work. Me trying to control my rage. Okay, let's try to reset the password to this big ISP email account then. Let's hit forgot password and answer the security question. Dude types in the answer to what's your favorite pet. And of course, it's not the correct answer. <laughs> Dude hits enter four times without changing the answer. Me. If it didn't work the first time, hmm. Do you have any other pets? Dude says, I only got one dog. Then I tell him, well, I guess you're not getting paid. After the call ended, I call into payroll company support and got his account changed to his company email. It took two attempts to reset his payroll account password, but we got in. I showed him how to clock in and out and view his paychecks. Turns out he was a super nice guy who works with his hands and doesn't use computers. He originally retired in the early 2000s and never had to use a computer at work. He told me that he would buy me a beer next time he was in town. Sometimes patience pays off. Be nice to less computer savvy people in your life. Yeah, sometimes patience does pay off. It's, it's tough to be patient uh, when you know answers that other people don't or you at least know that they're doing something completely wrong. Uh, my wife, I love my wife, don't get me wrong, but she infuriates me when it comes to anything to do with her computer or her iPhone. Now, I'm not an iPhone guy. There's not a whole ton of difference from one tech to the other when it comes to just navigating menus and stuff. It's just that they're in different locations and it just kind of rubs me the wrong way to go into an iPhone and try to search around for settings and things like that when I'm used to Android. And I'm not one of these guys that's, you know, oh, Android kicks iPhone's ass or, you know, whatever. That's no, they're both equally good technology. I like mine better because I like mine better. That's all. It's what I'm used to. It's what I like. It's what I know. Anyway, she'll get on her computer and starts talking about this piece of crap, that piece of crap, blah, 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 blah. And it's not the computer. I keep telling her this. This is not the computer. Computers are, for the most part, garbage in, garbage out, you know. And if you're getting less than optimal results from whatever you're trying to do, then it's probably something you're doing or not doing. She gets mad at that, and I have a hard time not telling her that because it's true. Slow down. Don't just keep tapping buttons. You know, when I walk in and look over her shoulder, I say, okay, stop whatever you're doing. And I say stop, and you hear, tap, 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 tap. No! Stop means stop. When you're out driving by yourself, do you ignore those big red octagonal things that say stop? Like, seriously, stop means don't do anything. Ugh. Anyway, I love her to death, but uh, her tech issues are probably going to give me a stroke at some point. Mm.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Delete the CEO by Adam S. As the IT manager, I'm the go-to for anything wrong with our CEO. (laughs) He's extremely paranoid and most of his requests are asinine. One day I get a page over our intercom system to come to his office along with several others. Someone had spoofed his email address and convinced our accounting department to wire transfer a few thousand dollars to their bank account. Whoops. This was found out after many frantic phone calls. We found that a notification email had been sent to our CEO stating what was happening prior to the money being transferred. He protested and said he never received it. Didn't know what they were talking about and didn't have this so-called email. I'm not listening to you. You're crazy. He protests to the point of threatening the bank. In his paranoia, he deletes all emails and deletes them from deleted items. (laughs) I had to recover deleted items on his mailbox to find the bank notification of the wire transfer. Prior to this day, he didn't know that was possible. We were able to have the funds returned, but now he purges the contents of his recovered deleted items. So if it ever happens again, there won't be a trace. It's funny. Well, it's funny and sad, but I've run into so many people with paranoia issues, delusional stuff, they're, they're into conspiracies. I, our old neighbors love them to death, but, you know, they're they're psycho. One is extremely far left liberal and batshit crazy. The other one is extremely far right conservative, and he's batshit crazy too. I don't know how they stayed together or procreated for as many years as they did. They finally split. Um, it's just a bad combination. I liked them both for different reasons, but they were both nuts. You could only take them in small doses. Like, you know, I could go visit for a little while here and there, but some of the stories, man, and and he does this to me now. He sends me all kinds of these weird conspiracy text stories about, you know, text stories, sorry, about, you know, Elon and the the New World Order and this and that and, and, you know, the Great Economic Reset. Don't even get me started on that. The guy gave me a thousand dinar. I don't know how long ago. It's been years. I got him sitting somewhere in a drawer around here, uh, thinking that there was going to be a, a reset and it was all going to be, you know, somehow revolved around the dinar, and that the dinar was going to go from like whatever point zero four cents per dinar to something like you know ten bucks each or whatever. I don't know. Uh, I ain't hold my breath on that one. Right now they're about as good as monopoly money. But anyway, he gave them to me, so I got them stashed away. Yeah, people with their delusions and paranoia issues and things like that just tend to make me a little bit nuts. Unplug That by Andrew Q. I once visited a customer who was having problems with unexplained outages on their servers every evening. When I arrived, I noticed that their entire server room, three racks, was powered by a series of daisy-chained power strips leading back to a single double socket. Wow. It turns out that the cleaners were coming in every evening after the office staff had left and were unplugging one of these final two power strips in order to plug in their vacuum cleaner. I suggested that they may wish to consider locking the server room to prevent the cleaners unplugging things, to say nothing of the security issue, ideally a power supply with a UPS. The customer came up with a more creative solution. The next time I visited, they had remodeled the interior of their office. This included knocking down some walls and building a few new ones. They proudly showed me their solution to the problem. Had they sorted out a decent supply? 
a UPS? Had they locked the door? Had they simply asked the cleaners to use a different socket? Of course not. They had built another wall right on top of the wall with a double socket, with only the two cables coming through from the other side. <laughs> they had cemented the plugs from the final power strips inside the wall itself. Let's see them try and unplug that, they proudly declared. Uh, what if you need to change the fuse in one of those plugs, I asked. Oh, crap. Talk about making things extra difficult. Holy cow, locking the room would have been the first choice. Although, you kind of got to get rid of those daisy chain power strips, because I know that in itself can cause many, many, many issues. Yeah, UPS, get rid of the daisy chain, give everything dedicated, you know, cords and plugs and whatever. And then, make sure your door is locked. Well, I don't know, maybe the lock first. That actually makes more sense. Then you can work on going back to the other stuff and fixing that. But to build a whole new wall and plaster it in and everything, that just... That just seems a little silly. High Touch User by David L. So we're in the latter stages of migrating our employees off of an older Exchange 2003 on-premise systems to Office 365. Pretty much all the early adopters and adept users have had their mailboxes moved without much incident. The High Touch Users are up next, and I'm working with one of the VPs. After about 15 minutes of back and forth, verifying the URL to the OWA, and that he's typing in his username properly, verifying his account is not locked out, and even opening his mailbox from my OWA, the VP states, I would prefer that you talk to my wife, and walk this through with her. She's better at computers than me. I say, okay, does she know your password? The VP says, yes, she does. So after a similar round of back and forth with the VP's wife and getting nowhere, I need to break protocol and I asked, Ma'am, I hate to ask, but would you mind telling me what password you're typing in? The wife says, sure, sure, it's ABC-567. Mind you, the actual password was a standard used while performing the migration and is partially changed for this story. We went back and forth a few more times. No luck. Then, wait, dash dash? Me, ma'am, can you try using the equal sign in place of the dashes? The wife says, hey, we're in, you fixed it. Yep, I did. I sure did. That's weird. I don't know that I've ever used the equal sign for anything in a password. I didn't know you could even do that. Sometimes special characters just can't be used that way, but uh, holy cow, dash dash. You're the VP of a company and you don't know what an equal sign looked like? That's amazing. Tight Security by John G. Being in IT, I do routine checks of passwords to make sure they aren't easily guessable. I also spend a lot of time setting up servers. Security is always a top concern, so we lock them down as best we can. So I go over to one of the departments on campus for a meeting. As I walk out of the meeting, I see a sheet on the wall listing everyone's passwords. The manager told me it was just in case someone was out of the office. Another person could get into their computer for them. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Even for the most, you know, basic of mom and pop companies where security is not exactly, you know, top priority. You're not a banking institution, things like that. To put all your passwords up on the wall is just stupid. To let other people get into other people's accounts is stupid. If something goes wrong, you have no way of tracing it except to that username and password. That doesn't mean that the person that's actually supposed to have that information is the one that did the offending offense. So where do you, you know where do you go from here? Somebody wants to be malicious and get back at a coworker, they can set them up all kinds of ways. I just ugh. password file by Nicholas C. We had a senior supervisor place everyone's username and password for all of our systems onto a text file. 
and place it into a shared drive in case anyone forgot their password or username. We had a lot of desktop backgrounds changed to kittens and a lot of frowned upon downloads registered to random people's accounts. It was a mess. Again, why would you do that? I mean, keep it for, you know, the HR person, your tech person, so that, you know, if people have problems getting in, they can help them out. But to just let everybody have, like I said, random kitten backgrounds and desktop wallpapers and things like that. And then, you know, going and downloading all kinds of questionable material to other people's accounts. Reminds me of back in the day. We used to sign people up that, you know, people that pissed us off really bad. We would sign them up for skin mag accounts and have complimentary magazines sent to their door. And usually they and their wife would end up in a big old heated battle. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that was one way to get back at them. But, uh, this is even worse. At least I think it's worse. I don't know. Dubious Backup by James T. We went to a client to look at providing steps and costs to move their infrastructure from an ancient local server platform to Azure. We looked around lots of their antiquated hardware and software before I spotted it. A lone white cable trailing from the back of the server cabinet with the end of the cable tied to the front of the rack with a single cable tie. I see the end of the cable terminates in a female USB type A connection. A quick glance to the right confirms my fears. A complete tray full of different color, unlabeled USB thumb drives, which they're rotating to store backups. <laughs> I've seen some pathetic implementations in my time, but this has to be one of the best. <laughs> Mainly because the on-site IT manager was firm in his belief that this was a perfectly acceptable solution. <laughs> I just don't understand. Oh my god. I, I can see a couple of uh, USB external hard drives maybe, but, but a whole string of thumb drives? That's just amazing. How did this guy come up with this stuff? Oh, man. Failing Backups by Jeremy H. Me, tech support, may I help you? User says, our backups are failing again. You helped us the last two months. We really need to get this situation resolved. I remembered the call and had already shipped them a replacement five, whatever the hell those symbols are, drive last month, thinking that was the problem. Each time the monthly backups are attempted, the previous month's diskette is corrupted and unusable. We've had to use a new disk every time. I've tried shipping a new box of diskettes and a box from a different lot, trying to figure out the cause. Okay, let's try a new disk again. That seems to work every time. And it did. While the backup is working, I start asking further questions, since we had pretty much replaced every part of the backup process. I say, what do you do with the diskettes after backing up is completed? The user says, I put them on the filing cabinet. Me, is it a secure location? Do you think someone's messing with them? The user says, it's fairly secure. The room remains locked with our system until it's time for the backups. Okay, sounds good. Looks like the backup's finished. Let's go ahead and put the diskette back on the filing cabinet. Then I hear, thunk. What was that? The user says, oh, just the magnet. Me, what magnet? Then the user says, the one we used to hang the diskette on the side of the filing cabinet. <laughs> so... Oh my god, so nobody told this guy, and he, I guess he had no idea that magnets will ruin the information on diskettes, like five and a, I guess it was a five and a quarter floppy drive that he had sent him. I'm not sure what all those symbols were there for, but uh, any of the old diskettes, the five and a quarter, the smaller hard diskettes, I don't remember what size they are, three maybe? Anyway, but you know, I remember from when I was a kid, you know, regular... Uh, cassette tapes, eight track tapes, reel to reel tapes. If any of you remember anything like that, a magnet anywhere near those things would totally destroy the integrity of any of them. Uh, and those diskettes were essentially 
just like a harder form of that magnetic tape from what I can remember. I don't know. Magnets around computers, magnets of any kind around computers drive me absolutely bonkers. It doesn't seem to be as big an issue today as it was, you know, five, ten years ago, whatever. And hell, I try to be careful with even sound equipment and speakers because, you know, speakers have magnets. Hey guys, YouTube thinks you're going to like this video right here. Do me a favor and give it a click. It really helps the channel. See ya.